All right, here we go with Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's talk about the Alberta election result. It's a win for Danielle Smith, her United Conservative Party. Let's listen to a bit of her victory speech last night, then I'll get your thoughts. Many folks uh, wrote us off, even just as recently as last month. But you know what happened? Despite it all, today Albertans chose to move our province forward by re-electing a strong, stable, united, conservative majority government. Okay, okay, so she said a lot of people had written her off. She did go into it, sort of, seemed to get a little bit of momentum during the campaign. Oh, I think so, and the vote sort of, uh, so they won 52.6% of the popular vote. But as we've been talking about for a couple weeks, it was going to come down to Calgary, and that's exactly what happened. So the NDP swept Edmonton as we suspected would happen, and they almost won uh, Calgary. They just, there's, the Conservatives want to think about four or five ridings there by less than 200 votes, 400 votes. So a very tight win for the Conservatives there. So you peel back the layers here. It's not, I mean, the Conservatives won, great for them. They're going to be government for four years. They have a majority, 49 seats. They're down 14 seats, though. Yeah. And it's another reflection of the growing rural-urban divide. NDP, basically 100% of the Edmonton seats, uh, about half, I think a little more than half of the Calgary seats. Yeah. So, and the, the ones the Liberals, or the Conservatives won there, a number of them were, were squeakers. Now, yeah. the NDP won a squeaker, too. They've got, they've got one riding in the win column right now by seven votes. Oh. That's going to go to a recount, obviously. Yeah. So that could flip. But psychologically, the Conservatives are below 50 seats. And then again, you go back 10 years, it would be unthinkable for the NDP to almost win an election without a vote split. There was no split on the right here. Unlike the last time the NDP won, there was a split between Wild Rose and the Conservatives. Sure. So what's happened now, talking about my Alberta contacts, the Wild Rose Party has basically taken over Alberta because that's the rural, that's the rural uh, part of the United Conservatives for the most part. Yeah. They've lost a lot of their centrist uh, right representatives in, in Calgary yeah. and to a lesser degree in Edmonton. So this is going to be fascinating. I'm not sure Danielle Smith, can she, can she stick this out for four years? Jason Kenney was eaten alive. And a lot of people thought Jason Kenney was going to be a dynasty. And the Wild Rose element of that party, which skews fairly far to the right, uh, took him down. And we'll see if uh, Daniel Smith can placate that side of the But the, she's, the the, she's the former leader of the Wild Rose yep. Party, so and you'd think she would be maybe in a, arguably a stronger position. Or does it now flip the other way? Does the conservative part of the party oh. start agitating about her as the Wild Rose part of the party agitated about yeah. Jason Kenney? That party is not a cohesive party. It seems to me, and I, I think they're one step away from blowing up. But they won the election, and they're in the driver's seat. So, would you say that maybe this election was a little closer than, than it looks on the surface? If you it, if you drill down in some of those very close ridings in Calgary, again, it's another election where the popular vote is kind of misleading. Yeah. Where province wide, yes, they did, but they, that's because the Conservatives swept all the rural ridings, all the towns with hockey arenas and rodeo rings, all went United Conservative. Sure, the cosmopolitan urban areas largely went NDP. And that's, that's that's two Albertans, two Albertans there. Very similar to what happened in BC, where the NDP captured the vast majority of the seats in in uh, Metro Vancouver yeah. and the capital region, the urban areas of BC. The BC Liberals, now the BC United Party, captured most of the seats outside of those urban areas, and we're seeing the same thing in Alberta. Yeah, similar split for sure. Okay, let's listen to a little bit more of Danielle Smith's speech. Now here she is putting Justin Trudeau on mm -hmm. notice. Here, let's listen. Prime Minister is already ready to introduce a de facto production cap on our oil and gas sector that if implemented, if implemented will result in tens of thousands of jobs lost. 
Okay, calling out Trudeau there. Well, yeah, I mean, that's where her fight's going to be. Yeah. I don't think anybody should be surprised by that. That's a looming this fight down the road. Um, but I know she tempered some of her language in the campaign, uh, didn't talk about the Sovereignty Act, you know, this type of stuff. But we'll see if that gets activated again now that she's has more uh, lock or, or certainty in the short term. of. Does future. this signal, though, a renewed and, and quite bitter fight between Alberta and Ottawa over things like carbon taxes, emission reductions in the oil patch? I mean, this is could be potentially quite nasty. Again, because the oil patch in the rural part of the province is basically her caucus. So, yeah, I think uh, the caucus is going to be push, pushing her to take on the Trudeau government when it comes to anything to yeah. do with uh, resource extraction in, in Alberta. Okay, get set to call me on that one. Let's talk about Surrey Memorial Hospital. So another group of doctors mm -hmm. at this hospital now speaking out. Yeah, because earlier we had the emergency room docs. They issued that open public letter describing a crisis in the hospital. Now you've got obstetricians and gynecologists at the hospital speaking out. Now have a listen to this here now. Dr. Claudine Storness Bliss. This is kind of the, the lead spokesperson for this group of obstetricians, Surrey, Surrey Memorial Hospital, describing the problems. Have a listen. We have had one newborn death that uh, at least a lack of resources can be directly applied to this bad outcome. When we do reviews of, of bad outcomes, it's extremely difficult to actually um, attribute lack of resources to a specific outcome. Uh, but it is very obvious that it certainly is at play here. Oh, okay. That is very serious. Well, I wonder situation and allegation there. Would there be a coroner's inquest? Whoa. Into something like this. Yeah. You know, if that's what the doctors are alleging, um, that's what happens oftentimes in, in these um, tragic deaths. So we'll yeah. see what happens there. But what we're seeing in Surrey, uh, in terms of uh, healthcare workers speaking out, we're seeing in Prince George, where nurses rallied last week, yep. talking about pressures there. Now you've got um, physicians at Royal Columbian and Eagle Ridge Hospital yep. also talking about pressure. Doctors at Lady Minto Hospital in Salt Spring Island. Mm. Uh, the Globe Mail's had a couple pieces pointing out that uh, this is going to be occurring right across the country this summer. Uh, doctors in Calgary. Also, basically signing the same type of letter the, Surrey, the doctors in Surrey Memorial are signing, saying that the ER there at Foothills Hospital is just jam-packed and lacking resources. And when we talk lacking resources, it's not equipment, it's human resources, doctors and, and nurses yeah. is the shortage. And the shortage is being felt right across the country. As our, our population increases, we cannot produce enough train people to keep pace with the demand for service, at least it seems. And it's probably going to occur in the summer. The summer is when emergency wards fill up people with recreational activities. That's what the weekend warriors uh, suffer more injuries in the summer than they do in the winter for the most part. And um, it's going to be a, it's going to be the proverbial long, hot summer in our emergency rooms. Do you think that it almost seems like it's almost coordinated by different hospitals taking turns speaking out? Like we've got Surrey Memorial. We've got Royal Columbian. We've got the hospital in Prince George, Salt Spring Island, as you mentioned. Is, does this like does this seem like a coordinated effort, or is this a case of just more and more doctors saying strengthen numbers? You know, they're emboldened by seeing their colleagues speaking out, saying we're going to speak out too. Yeah, I don't think it's coordinated, but I do uh, think you are right that they see their counter their colleagues and counterparts yeah. going public with their concerns, and I think it does give them embolden them to bring their concerns to the public as well. Sure. So I think you're going to see more of this. Not less of it. Yeah. 
And w- what about the response from government on this now? I mean, this is like a recurring recurring. Well, I, say, I, I just don't think he can keep ha- pace fast enough. He just can't wave a wand and produce 20 doctors. It doesn't happen that because way. the government, like the position of the government, is saying, oh, "Look, we know we're short staff. We're we're trying to hire people, mm-hmm. right? Like yep. we've got the want ads out. We're trying to hire. I believe that's what they're trying." Health to do. minister, health ministry says, in the next five years, they've got to hire thirty-eight thousand more healthcare workers. Like, where are these Whoa. people coming from? Because there's yeah. so many retirees uh, and people leaving the profession, and it's not just doctors; it's doctors, technicians, people who run the machines, yeah. X-ray technicians, MRI specialists nurses of different categories. So that's a huge amount of people that have to be found in a relatively short period of time. Again, as our population increases just through happenstance and also through advanced immigration levels. Okay, let's talk about the uh, Delaney Irving here now. I knew you'd get to this. (laughs) 19 years old from Nanaimo, and she won the Coppers Hill Cheese Rolling Contest in Gloucester, England. Like, if people have seen the, the videos of this, this is this big annual race. So Seven-pound wheel of Gloucestershire cheese. You have to roll down a very steep hill. Yeah. And she ended up getting knocked out and it wound looks, up with the cheese on her lap and was declared the winner. It looks very dangerous. you got to run down this hill, and you see people just flying, like, head over heels down it's, this hill. It's like hill. the British version of the running of the bulls. <laughs> Minus the horns. It's like Pamplona, Spain. It's like, yeah, you see no these... No tu- or horns, but a big seven-pound wheel of cheese. That right, out. right. It's almost like you see these tourists running with the bulls. You think, why would you do something like this? And you think, well, it's, you know, like for fun, it's like a memory. Oh. So I guess this was what this this young girl said, I'm going to try this, and uh, she ended up winning. Now in an I'm a celebrity. She, she is. So let's have a listen to her here. So this is Delaney Irving, 19 years old from Nanaimo, and... She actually suffered a concussion there because she knocked and, out. Oh yeah, because she woke this, up in the medical tent. Yeah, so let's listen to her own words here. Let's have a listen. You took hell of a tumble. Did I? Yeah. So what do you remember of the race? Um, I remember running and then I hurt my head and then I woke up in the tent. How does it feel to be the winner? It feels so good. Okay. Okay. She woke up in the tent and told she had a concussion, but she also had the wheel of cheese in her lap apparently, so she's the winner. Yeah, no, that's obviously good for her. I just hope she <laughs> has a full recovery from the so cheese, I, yeah. cheese-induced concussion, well, which you don't see, hear about every day. Concussions are n- nothing to laugh about, no. okay? I hope she's okay. She sounded okay. Richard in Chilliwack. Hi, Richard. Go ahead. Hi. Yeah, just in regards to Alberta elections, like, I'm from there, and I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the health care right now. I know that was a big issue in talking to family and friends back home, or a lot of them in the Calgary area. Um, that was a major issue for them also. And I think Kenny, you know, talking to my friends and family back home really pissed a lot of people off during COVID too, right? Like you had a lot of just the conservative politicians, you know, acting like, you know, the rules and the regulations didn't apply to them. And it, yeah. I just think it just, it just you know, like you got to motivate conservatives to come out to vote, right? Cause there's no way not like, like when Kenny first got in, you know, that was a slaughter. Like they just took the NDP out. Like it shouldn't have been this close period. But yeah, I think I know, it's a lot of people move out of the urban areas and going into more rural areas too. Right. Like they're 
starting to move out of Calgary. You know, okay. Edmonton used to be fairly blue, and now it's completely orange. Let me, hey Richard, let me ask you this: When you say like your family members back in Alberta were saying that health care was a, was a big priority for them or a big issue, so who did they vote for then? Does that mean they voted NDP? No, they like a few of them didn't vote. Like I said, with the mo- like because they just weren't too motivated, but like the rest of them stuck conservative. Okay. I mean, when I was there, like. It was an issue under the NDP, too. Like, we had backlogs. We were losing doctors. And it wasn't mm-hmm. perfect under them, too, right? So I wouldn't just blame the conservatives. This is this is a countrywide thing, too. And when it comes to health care, people thank you get for, up their yeah. arms over it. Thank you for the, thank you for the call. Yeah, so the turnout, I think, was 63%, which I think was fairly consistent with um, the previous election. So I'm not sure the turnout really was, was the difference maker here. I think it really was the demographic shift that seems to be going on to think that the ndp would win that many seats in calgary yeah you told us that five years ago we say you're crazy danielle smith rolled out a big health care platform during the, during she, the campaign yep. too, so. and she uh, talked about private care um she did you know so um so there's going to be a lot of tea leave reading here and drilling down deep in the results to figure out what happened mary on vancouver island hi mary go ahead so if I was you, Mike, I'd take the Danielle Smith um, uh, excuse or people around her that made the excuse that she was a talk show host when she said those outrageous things. Um, I, I, I believe you're not Tucker Carlson and nobody on NW is Tucker Carlson. And um, and if she's out there just, uh, you know, uh, tricking the public, um, how can she be trusted at all? But I take that as an insult, Mike, when people talk about her outrageous comments related to being a talk show host. What, what do you mean you take it as an, an <laughs> well, well, because okay. I, I don't think you're like that. I think you and all your, your colleagues at NW say what you really think. And I believe that you say what you really think. And I sure. would not like to think that you're tricking me, which is what she apparently did, if you believe her excuses, as a talk show host. You mean because of her apologies now? Is that what you mean? Well, she said I said things that I said as a talk show host that I didn't really, oh. you know, I was just doing it for the uh, entertainment or shock know, value yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. So, okay, I, you know, thank, if I was yeah. you guys, I'd be taking that as a one big insult. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Well, I mean, she did get into trouble for some stuff that came back to haunt her that she'd said in podcasts and her radio show. But, you know, I, I, I was wonder, actually on a radio show once. I've 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 been on her yeah. show. I've been on her show, and she's been on she's been on this show. So yeah. I've interviewed her on this show, and you know I I wonder how many how many votes that that swung though. I mean, you know, for a lot of Albertans who voted for her, they may have said, you know, maybe not so comfortable with some of the stuff she said. Oh, but I'm I voting on the economy. Maybe some of the urban voters swung away from her over that stuff. Yeah, they may have, you know, um, yeah. it, you know, these issues play differently rural versus urban, and we saw that in the in the the height of the pandemic. Yeah. I remember in my conversations with her, I thought she had a, a really impressive grasp of, of knowledge on uh, issues around uh, the the energy economy in in, mm-hmm. the, in Alberta. Like when she starts talking about energy production, the effect oh, yeah. of carbon she tax, that stuff. she's really good on it. She's really strong on it. The uh, and I think maybe for for a lot of people who worry about that as a key issue, that was certainly. I think her. part of her shtick was saying outrageous things. It was yeah. that's how she sort of got ahead. But it's also a comeback for her. Big time. It is. I won't be here tomorrow. Okay. Uh, are you? I'm taking Harbor Air to Whistler. Harbor Air to Whistler. Okay. Have a good time. Keith, thank you for coming. Okay, that's Keith Baldry. That was Baldry's Beat. Thanks a lot for all your calls.